So welcome everybody to the Faith and Belief Forum podcast. Uh, I am Philip Ebring. I'm the Communications Manager here at the Faith and Belief Forum. And most importantly, I am joined by five young emerging leaders from our Parliamentos Leadership Programme who are here with us today to discuss um, interfaith, social action, social change, building bridges across difference and all the rest of the things that we do here at the Faith and Belief Forum. I just thought I would start with a really, really, really quick round of introductions. So just if we just go through uh, all of you and just if you just give me your your name, your faith or belief, and uh, I guess what you what what you're studying. Hi, I'm Imogen Martin. I study sociology with history and uh, I'm atheist and just hoping to get an understanding of how social action works on this program. I'm Rory Mosfeld. I study history and politics, and I'm also an atheist. Um, hi, I'm Liz. I study international politics and policy and criminology, and I'm Christian. Uh, I'm Emma Hobson-White. I'm studying architecture, and I'm non-religious. Hi, I'm Sophia Bakari. I'm studying philosophy and politics, and I'm Muslim. Fantastic. Really great to meet you all. I thought it would be interesting to, just um, at the start of this podcast, to hear a little bit about why you wanted to get involved with the programme in the first place. Um, well, as I said before, I want to get an understanding of uh, social action in practice so that uh, one day I can go on to like, do it professionally because that's a passion of mine. And uh, I just want to kind of help with equal opportunities and be a part of something like bigger than like, myself. Um, I thought this programme was a fantastic opportunity to kind of make positive change within the community. So um, I think I've said it before a few times, which is that you always see um, things that you'd wish that you could change in your community or things like, uh, way, like areas of improvement. And obviously that's what this programme offers. And I thought it was just, you know, a really nice thing to get involved in. Yeah, I'm sort of the same as Sophia. So I think like social action is really easy to talk about and really interesting to talk about. But actually gaining access into it can be really difficult. Like there's not a lot of like, apart from volunteering, like there's no direct way you can sort of get into it at uni anyway, I thought. So when I saw this, like it's a perfect way to understand how organisations work and how we can all make a difference. Um, I've been involved in previous volunteering things like uh, helping with Mind Charity to do with mental health and Student Action for Refugees at university. But seeing something that was more involved with the local community on a wider scale really interested me. And I've always been interested in politics. And I thought, how wonderful to put the two together to come up with a community cohesion project. I'm very similar to everyone else in that I have always wanted to affect change, especially in the local area. And I thought doing it through this organisation that has such a good reputation in doing it in the past was an opportunity worth taking. I can tell that you're all very excited about creating change, which is great. Um, what's the sort of, you know, I guess what I didn't get such a clear sense of is, like, what's the kind of change you want to see? Like, are there any particular issues that you're really passionate about? Anything that you, you know, you look at it and, you, and you think this really is just sort of crying out for, you know, this really needs changing. I need to do something about this. What, what are your, the kind of issues you are you're really passionate about? I personally am quite passionate about... Uh educational inequality and uh, a lot of issues around uh, schools in general because my family are very heavily come from that line of work and um, yes yeah, so I've, I've helped with everyone else in putting those ideas forward and I've found it really good that we're all on 
a similar page that uh, with our project as well we we all wanted to do something to do with schools um yes yeah, so i think as a group we're all dead passionate about the relationship between media and politics and how that links into like voting apathy especially within young people in a place like that has as liverpool that has quite a few deprived areas so i think we found that um the media can like give out stereotypes about colours, religions that aren't accurate at all times, but a lot of educational settings don't have the resources or the time to break down these stereotypes and give a true representation. And we think that's very important that not just at like a young age, but that also impacts people growing up like into middle age and when you get to voting age. And yeah, how that discrimination like is embodied within someone from a young age because they're not properly educated, if that makes sense. Yeah, to draw on what Liz said, I just think it's about like giving people the tools to be able to identify where these like microaggressions are present in the media so that they can get their own um, like opinions rather than being based on what they see in the media and in systems that they're put through during school and stuff. To what extent, if at all, did any of you feel that your identity, you know, in terms of your, your, your faiths or beliefs or any other aspect of your identity, has inspired and informed the issues that you care about? Um, Well, obviously, like I said before, I am Muslim and I feel that the idea of um, what Liz was saying as well, talking about the stereotypes in the media, you get a lot of Islamophobic or, you know, slightly Islamophobic content in the media that isn't truly addressed to be Islamophobic. And sometimes people do form negative stereotypes about Muslims and other religions as well and other um, cultural groups as well. So that's kind of what influenced me to want to do something along those lines. Yeah, so similar again, like growing up as a black individual, I have three black brothers like black and proud and um, again like we've grown up with that like young black thug stereotype and little microaggressions that everybody laughs about and you laugh off through like the slide comment, comment in class that people ignore but these are microaggressions that are really harmful and do sort of like they do impact us on our day-to-day lives and just because it's ignored and not spoken about and I think it is something we all need to speak about as the conversation we need to be having especially in like today's climate so, so you have just just the other week gone through induction you've had your first experience i guess on the parliamentals program didn't want to share a little bit about what that was like was there you know what was the experience like was there anything that you felt that you learned about yourself or about other people that you didn't know before that you want to share with us um one of the days we did talking about identities and i think we all learned a lot more about each other like we went away for 40 minutes to craft a storyline of our identity and our journey with it. And I found that really interesting myself, like finding something to talk about. And I was surprised um, by what I came out with and also just hearing just everyone else's stories. And I think it's made us a lot more connected just hearing those types of stories because it's not something that comes up in casual conversation. I feel sometimes when you bring up like a cultural background or religious background that you come from, I think sometimes people perceive that as you shoving something down their throat and I it wasn't in that setting and we're all so understanding in that and that was a really good experience. Yeah that's really that's really interesting actually I think that thing of um, you know actually having spaces and opportunities to actually talk about your backgrounds and your you know your beliefs and aspects of your identity that's not always there is it in other settings um, does anyone else have any reflections on that, kind of what the, you know, if, if that felt sort of meaningful? Is that something you would like to see more of in, in other parts of society, that kind of 
sort of you know normalizing people opening up a bit more about their background and talking about what they believe and and, and so on and sharing a bit more of kind of who they are I think it's uh, so important to kind of normalize people's identity and everything and I think it'd be really great if we could have more conversations about that um, just generally in different settings as well because it's just so interesting to know where people come from and then the experiences that they've had and it's just it, it gives you a good idea of different things as well that you might not necessarily know because obviously everyone's had different experiences because everyone is different and even um, when we were doing the induction learning about identity on such a small scale as um, someone's name like how the meanings behind so we all got told to say our name and the meanings behind it as well and I thought that was a really cool way to see how identity is not necessarily someone just someone's culture or religion is also something so small as someone's name as well and how important it may be and how that's an important part of their identity as well. I also think that um, the exercise of everyone sharing their uh, stories like that was interesting because I found at the end of it there were a lot of similarities um, between what people were saying and kind of the the arc of the story that they were telling uh, like cross race gender religion and uh, yeah, I found that particularly interesting about the exercise. I think speaking like a bit, a bit more generally, I guess, like there's, you know, we're often hearing, and it's probably true to some extent, I'm not sure, sure exactly how true it is, but we're of, often hearing that, you know, we're very divided, you know, as a country and as a world, it's, you know, the world is so polarized, people are struggling to come together, understand each other and so on. It's something that is very, very much part of our contemporary narrative. What do you, what do you think about, I guess, particularly in our, in our kind of current, moment but also also in general you know the importance of actually building those connections across difference you know taking the the time both on the kind of local individual level but also on a kind of more societal level to actually reach out and and build those bridges build those relationships across difference i'd really interested to hear your thoughts on, on the importance of that well i think for me it's like the divisions in society come from a lack of will to have uh, active conversations with people from different backgrounds about their own narratives and their own stories. Because once people start to have these conversations, they start to understand each other one, uh, and one another more. Because like, that's how I felt during the induction. Like, I felt like I learned a lot about other people and the things that they go through. And I felt like if more people did this with on a bigger scale, then there would be much more like inclusion and everybody would feel a lot more connected than they do. I also think it's quite interesting like, on that point as well that I feel like from school we've all been primed to have this like debate over dialogue sort of thing like I remember like at A levels I did, did religion at A levels and it was always like having to argue your point in English it was arguing your point and like being able to prove yourself right but in the real world life is like that like talking about religion and culture and experiences and identity that's not what it's like at all. I think sometimes you can lose yourself in how you've been sort of like taught how to do things and forget that society is very different. So that's what I do think it's really important to be having these conversations and making these bridges and understanding other people as well and what they've been through. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think that yeah, very often we're taught, as you say, how to kind of make our, make our point and make ourselves heard, but we're not necessarily taught to listen. Right. And I think that that kind of thing of actually really listening to someone else, especially someone who has a very different background from yourself, whose life experience has just been different and kind of, you know, listening without 
judgment or at least suspending judgment, not not listening to say whether you think what they're saying is right or wrong or whatever, but actually just trying to understand how what things look like to them and why they believe the things they do. I think that's that's uh, I think that's a really valuable skill, and I think probably will become more so, you know, as society continues to become even more diverse and, and complex. And that's it's something that I, I think often maybe isn't valued enough in, in sort of society at large. Um, in terms of okay, so in terms of your social action project and the more concrete change that you want to bring about while you're on this program, what where are you up to with that? What do you what are your thoughts so far, and what have you been what have you been planning? Uh, yeah, so we do want to focus on the idea about the relationship between media and politics, but focus on young people in schools and in educational setting, because um, I think that's where social action sort of thing should start, especially when we're talking about politics and voting. So at the moment, it's kind of a bit, it's nothing solidified, but we're in like meetings at the moment to do it. But we want to focus on creating workshops and online resources and social media pages that can hopefully become in-person after the pandemic, whenever that does end. But um, yeah, by exploring different cultures and beliefs and sort of breaking down the misconceptions that the media does create and also exploring or teaching or telling people how the media does create these things and why the media does things in a certain way. Because I think if you're taught about it, like news values and why things are in the media and why things are put in a certain way, like to grab people's attention or to make people vote a certain way or think a certain way, it's easy enough to understand and point out like, oh, that's not real, that's fake, they've twisted the words. If you don't know anything about that, it is very complex and you wouldn't, you try to take everything at face value. So I think we want to target that at a younger audience. So then they, as they grow up and they are reading things that they can draw apart the myth from the real sort of thing. And then that can allow them to make political decisions. And um, how far have you got in terms of, you know, the details of how that would actually work in, in practice? Do you know how, how that, how it would be structured and so on? Well, I've been trying to look at um, other projects and uh, action movements that have been done that like kind of touch on what we want to do. And I found one, it was called the Microaggression Project, where it's people that use a blog to put their experiences onto a global forum that anybody can put their own um, submissions to. And it provided a platform for people to start, start to understand their own like experiences and see it on a global scale. And I think that that's important in addressing these issues. And it also is COVID friendly as it's all online. So I just thought it was a good way to start thinking and brainstorming ideas about what we would like to do. Also on Instagram, there's a page called Youth Politics, I think. And they sort of break down like little things like politics for younger people to understand like the big words that a lot of news places use, like they break it down and understand it. So we've sort of personified that into like an Ask Pam. So Pam for politics and media. And um, so it would be a sort of place where people can ask questions, things maybe anonymously that they don't really understand or they're too shy to ask in class or they don't have the resources in class to find out about it. And then online on the resources or throughout workshops, we're able to break that down into a more friendly format. In some ways, tackling uh, you know media misinformation and, and stereotypes and so on during COVID and kind of you know doing you know while people are in these sort of various stages of, of lockdown and uh, social distancing, to some extent it's almost kind of even more important because people are spending so much time online and are getting sort of pretty much all their information via via the, the media and social media and so on and there's there's maybe not as much there's maybe not as much um 
engagement going on kind of, you know, with, with people from different backgrounds in, in the real world. And there's a real risk, I think, that people disappear into their, their silos and their sort of closed off groups. And you, know, you have these sort of negative, slightly um, untrue narratives that start kind of get perpetuated and so on. And I think kind of breaking, you know, trying to break some of that, that cycle and actually giving people access to question some of the things they're seeing. And I think that's something that's even more important now that people are spending so much time online and so much getting so much of the information about, you know, the other through the news. Well, we live in a world that is increasingly online and it's only going to increase like, as time goes on. It's just, I just feel like it's important to give people that are not feeling as if they understand what's going on with all of the misinformation that is out there and uh, just give somebody like the chance to critically engage and learn how to do so because people are not given the tools to do that and especially like in education like they don't really like children are, are just taught to learn facts and not taught how to critically engage with them until they're much older and a lot of people don't actually get the chance to do that because it's in higher education mainly and people feel very disengaged from everything that they're hearing um, um, online. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, even before we went into fully lockdown, I know at Uni of Liverpool there were cases of like fear-mongering in the news and like international Chinese students facing racism because things that have been mentioned in the news that were completely untrue. And you think if that's happening at like the age of 20, 21, 22, imagine what's going on in schools, I think. I think that must be quite a scary time for young people going back into schools, reading, going through a global pandemic at a young age, not knowing what's going on, not having the ability to distinguish what's going on properly. And that, again, that just heightens the importance of what we're trying to do. I think the other problem with having the internet and all that is with the algorithms where you click on one thing that's one political agenda and suddenly everything on your timeline is suddenly giving you that same idea over and over. So I think the importance of having a resource that we try and make as apolitical and as uh, examining of these facts that aren't true is so important to have these days, especially for young people. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a really good point. You know, that, like you said, the algorithms and the fact that there are literally these supercomputers that are there to give you what they think you want to see so that you keep scrolling. And if you liked one thing, they'll give you more of that thing. So you're, you know, the, the news you see and the content you see will become more and more limited towards a particular viewpoint. And so it's like the algorithms are almost kind of encouraging division and very sort of partial viewpoints where, you know, once you start looking at the world a certain way, you'll just be fed more content that's like that. Whereas what would be really useful would be, you know, if there was an algorithm that actually showed you like opposing viewpoints and, and perspectives from, from other, you know, people maybe maybe had other beliefs and, you know, you could actually kind of expand your perspective a little bit. But that's, um, I guess that, that just makes the whole question of how to tackle this even more complicated when you have, you know, the, the very algorithms and the systems themselves are to some extent kind of working against you, you know. Uh, another question, I guess, around sort of COVID and so on, uh, to touch upon it, but the fact that, you know, we're now, you know, we're doing social distancing, there's regional lockdowns and so on, we're in this, in this situation, there isn't much, I guess, engagement going on across difference and people from different communities and so on. There is that kind of risk of people kind of in increasing polarization, increasing division. Do you have any thoughts on, on you know, in terms of getting people actually engaging with people from different backgrounds, from, you know, with different beliefs and so on, if, if, if that's something that's even more important now during COVID? And if you have any thoughts on, you know, on that? 
Well, COVID itself is quite, it's making people isolated. It's making people fear each other because everybody's having to isolate. Nobody wants to engage with anybody else in case they catch it. And then this is what's causing all of these misconceptions, all of the racism towards Chinese people, especially in like March time when it was like at its peak. So I just think it's especially important, like at the moment, to encourage people to engage with one another and try and understand each other. And from a socially distanced perspective, like online, just gives people the chance to understand one another so that when we come out of this, we can come out of it stronger rather than even more devised than we were before. Just following on from Imogen's point as well, I think there's kind of a climate of uh, fear and wanting to blame certain people uh, for the virus or for certain circumstances for a lockdown or whatever. And I think it makes the need for something like our social action project more uh, pressing because and I think the fact that we can deliver it online is uh, very helpful because that's where a lot of people are currently getting their media so they could just as easily receive our um, content. Um, we were also inspired part of our project by I know a few years ago I think we were told about a project that's still going on today about bringing in like different cultures music so like a festival once a year but we knew that something like that wouldn't really be possible in the middle of a pandemic. So one of our workshop ideas would be something alongside like the political information sheets and the deconstruction would be like bringing cultures together through um, like different recipes um, cultures um, songs, hymns, like different part, different aspects of religions and cultures brought together in one place so everybody can experience them. So almost like um, a big recipe book, but a recipe book full of different cultures and religions, if that makes sense. So something that you can go into and it's about, you can learn something new on every page, something new about like maybe your next door neighbor or about somebody you've never met before or religion you've never experienced before. And we thought that might be a really good side project alongside what we're doing. Thinking ahead a little bit in terms of your leadership journeys and the, the skills and the connections and the experiences that you're hopefully going to get from the Parliamentals program. Uh, it'd be really interesting to hear a little bit more about what you are hoping to do with that and, you know, thinking ahead, maybe, you know, five, ten years or even beyond. What are you hoping to do in, with, with these new leadership skills and the networks that you built? Is there anything in, in particular that you really want to achieve? Any, any particular change that you want to see in the world? Um, I personally, I'm really passionate about bringing politics into school which I know is very difficult due to funding and resources and time allocation and teachers pay and not having enough time to teach. But I do think it is so vital. Like we live in a democracy and we all, most of us have the ability to vote. And, um, but how are we expected to vote if a lot of people don't understand how to use their vote or how important their vote is? And I do think that starts in the educational setting. So I don't think it is something that could be achieved in one social action project or over a year or two. It is something that will take years and years and years and funding and research. But um, it's something I do think is vital, whether that be um, maybe not politics in the curriculum, but maybe like a few workshops a month or a workshop every fortnight that um, talks about politics, what's going on, um, how you can change. Like, I think when I was younger anyway, I remember sitting in class and thinking, talking about politics, thinking, oh, it's above me. 
like that's not for me to worry about sort of thing but it is and I think a lot of young people think like it's above them or it's not something for them to be concerned with but it is it politics is for everyone and I do think that's important that everybody knows that and they have the ability to get into politics if they wanted to. Anyone else have any social change dreams you want to share with us? I personally would like to see greater uh, equality in schools because I'm I'm very passionate about uh, equality of opportunity um, because I think it's obviously inherently wrong if people are starting from a lower position. I think we should, as a society, should do as much as possible uh, to make sure it's purely someone's uh, ability that determines where they end up in life as opposed to where they've come from. And I think that would sort of, in doing that, I think that would solve quite a few other social issues. To kind of draw on what Rory said, I also, I want to work in education policy when I'm older, but um, I have a particular particular passion about um, giving teachers the resources and tools to be able to identify like minor learning difficulties in children at a younger age so that they have the support they need to achieve the grades that they can rather than fall behind. Because I know people that, have been like left behind in the education system because their like dyslexia or dyspraxia wasn't noticed early enough so that's just my personal like little goal what i would like to see in the future um obviously would change would be like greater tolerance for other people like other individuals and then the want for people to learn more about each other you know without stigma and everything so i think that's the change that i like to see in like 10 years time or earlier hopefully earlier hopefully not 10 years time <laughs> i'd like the differences between different groups of people to be celebrated more than as a cause for division i like when i was at primary school i used to go on school trips to like synagogues gurdwaras and churches and i thought that's what everyone did and the older i've gotten the more people i've met i found that was a very strange thing to do which it shouldn't be strange at all and i think those kind of experiences I found to be really positive. And I think if that, if that became a far more common occurrence for people in education, I think that would be wonderful. Just in general, even like with the adult population, just being able to explore cultures in a safe way would be a, a good change for the future. Thank you very much. If people want to engage with your project online, will they be able to do so? Um, yeah, it's called media.youth.politics. There wasn't a lot of options, yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for a, for a great conversation. I wish you all the best on the rest of the Parliamentary programme. Yeah, good luck. Thanks very much. And, and uh, we'll stay in touch, I'm sure. This podcast was brought to you by the Faith and Belief Forum. You can find us at faithbeliefforum.org and on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.